0: Oh, Wild Thing by Tone Look, that was Poirot's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> like to do the Wild Thing. Hey maniacs. Hey. Maniac! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited.
1: You know, these maniacs are fantastic.
0: Well, I knew that, but why particularly are they excited? The, awesome right now.
1: Not only have we retained everybody, but we have grown our audience substantially already.
0: That's fantastic. Lots That's of fantastic. more maniacs.
1: Yes. We're, Mucho we are, maniacs. We are on the verge of a thousand followers. Oh, you've
0: been saying that no, forever. No, we're almost at 900. Okay, everybody else is going, yeah, he has been saying that forever.
1: Well... I'm telling you, if there's a way to make me shut up.
0: <laughs> I don't want you to shut up. Because
1: once we get to a thousand, I don't know whatever milestone after that I, I really you'll have nothing
0: left to talk yeah. about. You'll be like, I guess you just go do a podcast now stop no. talking about YouTube.
1: Yep. Yeah. So anyway, get your kids and your grandkids to find. Yeah, yeah, us.
0: yeah, 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 Hey, we're gonna have new stuff. The
1: latest thing on YouTube is to go, it's free.
0: Oh, that's important. Yes. Because of all the ding old iTunes. You can click subscribe and pay a $1.99 a week to listen to this without annoying ads. Maybe yeah. you just shouldn't have so many we're gonna ads. We're just going to make
1: this very clear. We're never going to no. charge for this podcast. And
0: we're never going to have ads. Uh, never going to no.
1: charge. Never going to have ads. We're not interested in that at all.
0: Anywho. In September, we'll have new swag in the store, though. Excellent. And we'll have a new charity for the said swag.
1: Yes. Fantastic.
0: Sometime in September. I'm not making any commitments on what day.
1: Excellent. We're de- That's what I'm I'm like now. still getting through Octo- uh, October. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: No. It's only still August. Still
1: getting through August. We have a week and a half left. Lots to this do still. when this comes out. Yes. Well, when this comes out, only a couple of days left and almost everything's done. We're living in the future. We're living in the future. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're ahead. You guys, you long-time listeners will know how long that will last. Yes. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the British Mystery TV. Each week, we dig into an episode of a show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. So this long
0: as there are British corpses, we're there. Yes. This Not week, that we want to kill British people, no. we don't, but we do like to watch them die.
1: This week, we're covering <laughs> Poirot season one episode seven problem at sea oh
0: man there's so many problems there's so many problems at
1: sea.
0: <laughs> i'm mark i'm sarah and wow, this is, what is are a, we like 10 minutes in? yeah this is a
1: spoiler <laughs> podcast we're
0: gonna ruin it if you don't know who killed the old bag on the boat Colonel stop Captain. now oh you gotta give him a chance to stop no he did it it's- that show is 20 years old. The question isn't it's who did at it. It's 20 years old. Anyway, it's yes. how did he do it? Yes. That Poirot figures yes. out. Once he figures out how it could be done, he knows exactly. Your
1: kids are old enough to go on a strange cruise with old people? How boring would that cruise be for those for those teenage girls and that little girl?
0: Ismini Is he He's When she's an old lady, she's going to say, "I" Help Poirot solve a crime when I was seven.
1: <laughs> who, and who, like, oh. There's so many questions. So many questions. So many questions. Uh, just as an introduction for new people, remember, we're going to say Agatha Christie's Poirot just as Poirot, not just
0: Agatha Christie. We're talking about. The one and only David Suchet Poirot. The one and the only. The only one that counts. The only. If you're talking about TV versions. Well, we'll get there. We'll get we're there. We're going to compare this to the short story ever so briefly, but then we're going to just pretend that there's no short story to talk about. And we're I just think gonna talk about the short story is
1: probably 10 pages. It's very brief.
0: It's. It is, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, oh, we're done. The end. <laughs> Agatha Christie liked to get to the point. That's why people liked her writing.
1: You you get three descriptive words of your personality if you're a main character, and that's it.
0: Yeah, tight shoes, egghead, done. Not even <laughs> no po- Poirot. No, no <laughs> Poirot. Poirot, it
1: is assumed you know who he is. Well,
0: we've got lots to talk about, about this TV adaptation. Yes,
1: 19th of February, 1989. Mm-hmm. Wow. A million years ago.
0: What was going on in 89 culture-wise? So this is set in the 30s. So you don't even associate like what was going on in the world. It's like 50 years in the past. At the same time. Imagine
1: 50 years from now, like past now.
0: <laughs> you mean in the future? the 70s. <laughs> no. So what was popular in 1989? Like what was... Like what was what was on the radio?
1: Paula Abdul was on the radio singing straight up. She was super popular, right? Straight
0: then. up Natan Mediev. And really Wild Thing to...
1: by Tone Loke.
0: Oh, Wild Thing by Tone Loke. That was Poirot's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> like to do the wild thing.
1: Uh, what I Am by Edie Brickell was also in the top ten.
0: Oh my god, that's an earworm.
1: Yeah. And you've got it. The Right Stuff by the new kids on the
0: block. Oh, oh, oh. oh, Oh. Yeah. These are all things Poirot would hate, by the way.
1: Oh, most definitely. But we have more bad music to get to this episode. Mm -hmm. So February 1989, uh, directed by Rennie Rye and uh, written by Clive Exton. The Right Stuff. We start on a boat. (laughs) And I have a question here.
0: It's the Maldives. The Maldives? Mal. Yeah.
1: Question I have. Is what is filmed in England and what is filmed in Egypt and it is not filmed where in Egypt. were they?
0: It is filmed in on, in Rhodes the it, very same place that the last episode was filmed
1: it's filmed in the exact same location yes but they, they did.
0: they did some set dressing and the stuff on the boat is actually filmed on the boat oh okay yeah this oh. this boat was recently and I say recently in the last 15 years or so completely restored to its original state by oh, a very rich cool. person that's cool it's quite beautiful
1: I can imagine
0: you can imagine Poirot sitting there having his creme de menthe. yep it looks beautiful
1: but up on the deck is Hastings and the girls oh, and
0: his every stupid clay pigeon time, shooting?
1: Every single time I see this, I think somebody's going to get shot in the face. <laughs> in
0: the now Hastings is not the sharpest stick in the bunch, Nope. but he's not a
1: dunce. Boy, he does love the attention he gets from doing this clay pigeon thing, though.
0: You know, but I don't think it's from the girls that he wants the attention. I just think he loves to organize yeah i think, I think he's so. excited to have an event yes and he wants everybody to be excited I about it only imagine how bored he is he doesn't read right yeah. he's super bored yeah and there's no legitimately pretty women in his age bracket that he can gawk at yes. on the boat he's gonna let pamela and kitty hold a gun <laughs> so how old do you think these young ladies are Pamela says to Kitty, Do you want to use the slingshotty thing, the catapulty thing? And Kitty says, I think I'll learn the gun part first. Yes. No, no, no. Hastings is very careful with the gun though. He keeps it broken over his arm. Oh at Hastings all times shows he's careful. Gun safety. But then later, when he's talking to them, like, well, you you have to shoot this direction. You can't just shoot wherever. You might hit the mast. Or worse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always waiting for or worse. (laughs) How old do I think they are, or they're supposed to be? Or what are you asking me?
1: Do you think they're supposed to be? 22. Really that old? Yeah. Okay. Because they have no chaperone with them. No, they have no chaperone.
0: Now, they are on a private cruise ship that only has 12 passengers. Yes. Which would have cost a lot of money. Yes. The closest estimate I can get for what is at least a two-week cruise. At least two weeks. On a very small ship is about 30 grand in today's money per person. They gotta be. Now they're sharing a berth, they have bunk beds. Yeah. They have the lowest quality room, you know, passenger room. So maybe they're on there for twenty a piece. Maybe. But somebody really wanted to get rid of them for a few
1: weeks. (laughs) I think you should go on holiday in the Mediterranean. We're hot stuff. We're hot stuff. Well, they could be listening to the captain reciting Swinburne poetry. Algernon Charles Swinburne, English poet, playwright, novelist, and critic. Wrote several novels and collections of poetries, including poems and ballads that contributed to the famous 11th edition of Encyclopedia Britannica.
0: Wow. Algernon Swinburne. Yep. That is one British name. That is one British naming name. The Mrs. Morgan. The other two ladies. And their are, niece. And two are together on the boat. And her dolls. Are at least in their 50s. Yes. They're old enough to be her grandmother. I tell you what this story needs is a shark attack. Tell me why you think they are on this boat with that little girl.
1: I think probably the little girl is having a new brother or sister added to the family.
0: Oh. I thought maybe her parents were killed in the first war.
1: Could be. Could be that And she lives with them now. Yeah,
0: that's true. Could be that. The Ms. Morgan who sings. Yes. Is singing. She's practicing at the beginning of the episode. Yes and she sings crushing out life yes. crushing out life her vibrato was fantastic yes it is which is from the kashmiri love song which pastings doesn't like that she sings but do you do you want to know why she's singing about crushing out life okay
1: first I want to tell you on the adventure I went on, which was I tried to find the Kashmiri love song mm-hmm. and instead found Kashmir singing Loves All I Want on top of the pops. <laughs>
0: That's very <from> different.
1: 1979.
0: <laughs> That's very different.
1: I'll put it in the notes. It may be the most 1979 <laughs> song of you all time. You fell
0: down that rabbit hole I, willingly. I, you I, didn't think that that was the song that no, she was singing. <laughs> but. But I'll she put was going to sing, show notes, but, straight up now, tell me if you really want to <laughs> love me forever.
1: But it is like, I want, you to come, <laughs> I, I want you to come look at this.
0: I'm sorry. I'm imagining her in that headdress with the big feather going, wild thing. And then, uh, 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 Sorry, you're missing my dance because this is an audio medium.
1: So I played some of of Kashmir,
0: Love's All I
1: Want for Sarah from Top Pop.
0: I would rather hear Ms. Morgan sing Tone Loke's Wild Thing than listen to that song. There's wow. my verdict.
1: It's horrendous. So
0: tell me about the Kashmir love song. All I need to tell you are the lyrics that are around the lyric that she's singing. Okay. I would have rather felt you round my throat, crushing out life, than waving me farewell. Wow. That is some goth time lyrics there. Is that Evanescence singing (laughs) that I'd rather choke than break up. By Susie Sue. (laughs) Just kill me now. (laughs) Which is probably what everybody thinks listening to Mrs. Morgan sing. Probably. I I understand why Hastings would prefer her not to sing that song. It's not really um, a happy song. Yes. And paired with the army of today's all right is quite jarring. Yes. Well, you know, Sarah, I live quite intensely. Oh, my gosh. I hate her from the moment she's on screen. I read this analysis of of this story, specifically of the episode. It was a review um, of the episode. And the person who wrote it was very sympathetic to Adeline and said that when she's in front of the mirror in her room singing to herself. Yes. That she's reminiscing about the days when she was younger and more beautiful and got attention that her husband doesn't give her anymore. And it made her seem sort of sad. Yes. And you're like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. And then she talks. Yes. And there is no sympathy for her anymore. No. no. She's what, fifty? And she's talking about it was my hospital. It, Poirot is just <laughs> flummoxed. She cuts yep. him off constantly. Yes. Like I'm cutting you off right now. And when she says, If one is not alive, what is one? And he says, Dead and she's like Oh he's not offended. He's like, Oh, she's gone, good. Yep, she leaves her magazines. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Because she's just she sees, so unpleasant. She
1: sees her husband talking to his latest paramour.
0: Now he does have his hands on her shoulders.
1: He's touching her, man, which is like
0: pretty forward for the thirties. And he's lying to her. Well, that's what he does.
1: Well, he's saying that there's no sharks in the Mediterranean. <laughs> Let me tell you
0: how wrong he is. Go for a swim. It'll be fine. The
1: Mediterranean, dun-na, dun-na. The Mediterranean is home to 15 types of sharks, including blue sharks, black tip sharks, short fin mako sharks. Wait a minute. Are any cone, of
0: these big enough to actually hurt anybody?
1: Including the smooth hammerhead shark. Yeah, these are big animals. Okay,
0: okay. So don't go swimming in the Mediterranean is what you're saying. Yeah, but you know, she should get hit by an axe. Wow, out of nowhere he comes out with that. Kind of unprovoked. Yeah. If she was my wife, I'd put an axe in her head. Hyderabad. How do you really feel? So you know where Hyderabad is? Yeah. Where? It's in India. It's in
1: literally the center of India. Yeah. Is the most central place to India. I didn't know.
0: Mrs. Henderson or Ms. Henderson is so clever.
1: Oh, she is one of the best lines here.
0: She has many good lines in this episode. She has many good lines. But when she tells Colonel Forbes that she can't exercise because her her religion forbids it this time of year, it is classic. Poirot Twitters. Yeah. He, he titters. Yeah. They make that eye contact, or she's like, oh, I was naughty. And he gets, hit, uh, Forbes gets up and, like, well, I, okay then, and walks off. Yeah. One of the reviews I read of this episode said that maybe she was insinuating something about her period. I'm like, no,
1: no, no. She's just making a joke. She's
0: just totally lying to him and he can't say anything back because he's polite. Yeah. Like, what religion is that, lady? Let me see your book and prove it to me. He's just like, well, uh, hmm, okay, off he goes. Poirot's reading a magazine called The Bystander. Yeah. Which,
1: again, like last week- is the, not the American bystander which is the American version of this magazine right. yeah it has a super cool Art Deco logo on it that was only in the from 35 to 39 so somewhere in there
0: I'm kind of surprised he's reading that magazine it's kind of a Tatler magazine yeah it it's is. a gossip magazine kinda, which isn't really I think he's just reading whatever he finds he's just it. looking at it yes of course he probably knows a lot of those people too. And their dirty secrets.
1: Yes. So now we get to singing the army of today.
0: <laughs> well, you can't forget Skinner. Are you spying on us? Yes. I mean, no. No. I was just coming to take your dishes away. He
1: he is totally a Pink Panther Clouseau villain.
0: Uh, yes. So one lens of his glasses is black. Is that to replace a patch?
1: I don't know because he has an eye Yeah. It. I don't know what, what if he's, he's not in the story at all. If he he's, is pure creation. By the way, Hastings is not in the story. No, it doesn't yeah.
0: matter. If he was blind in that eye, there would be no reason to put, it, it must be an unsightly eye, it which we can only think is a war injury, right? Something. But it immediately makes him creepy. He's creepy. Skinner is creepy. Of course, so. he's not doing anything to, no. to correct that assumption no, either. No, he's not. He's a thief. He's a thief and he's creepy. He's skulking around and his name is Skinner. Skinner.
1: We're all civilians now.
0: Then why do they all go by their military titles? (laughs) Captain, Colonel, everybody, all the men. Like, even... Even uh, Clapperton makes one up. I mean, like, why? But I love, general... I love it
1: when Hastings gets frustrated. Yes. Like, and this is another episode we're not talking about. But oh, he's... when he's dating the woman who's into architecture, yes. and all he <laughs> all he does is go over and meet her mother.
0: And have tea, because she avoids his, him all the his time. His
1: frustration is delicious. It's and a... it's the same here. He goes, all I told her was, don't sing military songs or Or Indian, or Indian love songs. What What does does she she do?
0: (laughs) And Bates is great because he's, I don't know if we're supposed to think that Bates like served with Hastings, but they they clearly have connected. Yeah. Even though he's a passenger and Bates is is working on the ship. Yeah. But they've clearly connected. But Kitty and Pamela go after Mr. Clapperton, who is old, married to a hag. And here's single man Hastings.
1: Okay. This is maybe why they got sent on the boat. (laughs)
0: because they have bad taste in men.
1: That they that they have a thing for married men.
0: Cuz Hastings I is know. attractive
1: well, you and know, fun. matrimony. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I like, I don't understand that and Oh, when Adeline licks the Turkish delight. Okay, so, I smack so there it is a moment here, oh, where this.
1: Adeline is given Turkish delight by her husband. There's nothing in my house older than three years. Performs a sexual act <laughs> on. That piece of Turkish delight. We have a picture of it. We have a picture of it. I'm putting it in the notes. (laughs) I dare you
0: to tell me that is not a sexual act. How can she pretend to be so proper and right about everything and then do that? And then Poirot just speaking French all over the place. Though I do like when Mr. and Mrs. Tolliver introduce themselves to her. Yes. And she's. She says, "Oh, and your name?" And she says, "I'm Mrs. T- I'm I'm Mr. Tolliver, and this is my wife, Mrs. Tolliver." And Adeline says, "What a clever arrangement." <laughs> She's just so. They kind of deserve that. Oh, don't you just want to kiss the ground and thank God you never had children? Actually, we did.
1: Oh, she knows quite well <laughs> that they had <have> children.
0: <laughs> Uh, they are so oblivious to. They're like whatever, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Poirot has his giant telescope out. That's a clever little walking stick he yeah, has that he has is. a a little telescope little on telescope. the end. Yep. It's not quite as clever as the one he has in another episode that turns into a chair. Yes, but it's clever. It is. He says the moon is a giant oof uncukot. So oof is egg. Yeah, I know that. It much. means a baked egg. It's like egg, an egg, egg in a pot. Egg in a pot. Now, we've already said Mr. Clapperton does this. Yes. I knew that going into this rewatch. So when I'm rewatching something like this, and I already know who the killer is, I look for evidence along the way to make sure that they didn't manufacture the clues in the flashback at the end, you know? When Clapperton is at the door talking to Adeline through the door and his back is to Poirot and the girls, his throat moves. I noticed that. I
1: noticed that, and that's excellent. And I really like that part, as opposed to the part where they just did camera tricks with the cards.
0: Well, yeah. They, I
1: wish they. I would. I just. Would they should have
0: taught him a, a card trick.
1: They should have taught him a card trick.
0: Because, and somebody can tell me if I'm wrong. The dealing the one one one, two two two, three three three. That is an impossible trick. There's no way he could do that. Unless he does, I don't know if the thing in front of him on the table is another deck of cards or the box that those cards came out of. Unless he has a second deck that he's already put in order and he swaps the decks when nobody's looking, there's no way he could have done that.
1: I'm not a connoisseur of card tricks. I'd be surprised if you could do that as a card trick, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody's tried to do
0: that as a card trick. If they can swap decks without anybody seeing it for one that's already in order. Yeah. I fully believe it, but you know he does that. He does that trick just to put them off. Yes. To make them think that he's a magician. Absolutely. And, and not a and it
1: works because you know that sort of stuff is instantly charming.
0: Yeah. You do it, it once, right? If you do it more than once, you're annoying, right? Yeah. But I was impressed to look back and see, yeah his his throat moves ever so slightly. Yeah. Now apparently in the short story, her voice is described much more shrilly. So it's more convincing that he could he could pretend to be her, that he could do an impression of her.
1: I think it's a conceit that we have to say we're okay with. Yeah, I'm all right with it. They say they're going to take him to the souk. Do you know what the souk is? The market? It's like a bazaar. Yeah. And the kasbah. <laughs> do you know what the kasbah is? It's a fortress. Yeah. But he asked for his baydecker. Do you know what that his is? His
0: travel guide.
1: Yeah, so his travel guide. So, listeners... <laughs> I found the Egyptian travel guide from Carl Baedecker that would have been printed at this time. It is the Egypt and Sudan 8th edition printed in 1929. It's got maps and currency conversion and
0: things. To tells do, you what food to order. What
1: food to order. It's a really interesting book. I, I'll put a link to, there's a PDF of it online. You can read through the entire book. But again, with this book, Like so many things. Now, I was like, you had to carry a book like that when you went somewhere or else you didn't know anything.
0: Mm -hmm. You couldn't just Google it. You couldn't just Google it. I find that market extremely stressful. I can't believe those jewelry sellers get on the boat. Like the whole place. Just no, no, I'm not going. So I'm staying on the boat. I think <laughs> go get us some interesting food and bring it back.
1: I think it's a bigger <laughs> clue to his guilt that he has his passport already and it's nothing is made from it. Like he is premeditated that he took his passport. Oh that he he knew he was going to go. He knew he was going to go cuz he's like, "Oh, I need to ask permission." He knew he was
0: getting off the boat then. Well, but that doesn't mean that he's guilty. It just means he knows his wife. No, oh, maybe. Go away, John, I have a headache. Go away,
1: John, I have a headache. Wow, there are a lot of extras and a camel.
0: And two people wrestling over a wall hanging? Yeah, we got pictures of that. It's it, Once you see it, you're like, wow, they are clearly like, ha, we're supposed to pretend to wrestle over this wall hanging. Everybody has a fez or tessels on their hat. And
1: so Hastings is here <laughs> for... Uh, <laughs> For comic relief,
0: I'm okay. not going to do the tourist things, Poirot. Let me climb on this plywood camel. Hard
1: cut to the plywood camel. <laughs> I love
0: that it's uncomfortable. Of course, it's uncomfortable. Your happy
1: picture on the camel. It's a slice of plywood in your crotch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's so funny. I really like him in this episode. Yeah, he's, he's very brave, good. he's it's charming. Charme. He's funny. Pamela buys tons of junk. Did you see how much stuff she's carrying? She does and she's like, "Get away from me." Her name should be Patsy. Yes, cuz clearly she's bought anything anybody has ever tried to offer her, including the same brass coffee pot that Pamela had in Rhodes.
1: Yes, I did, did you notice catch that? that.
0: Yes, I did. Hastings is all about the competition though. So, just if we can't have it on the 14th, we might have it on the 15th, but then the captain's dinner is on the 17th. So I have a theory. Why as doesn't to why? Poirot just scream at him and go, get over it? We don't need to do it.
1: Well, I have a theory. Okay. In 29, it was made illegal to use real birds in these competitions. Right. So clay pigeons would have been like a cool new thing at this point in time. It's kind of like the latest video game. Okay. So he's excited about
0: it. Just because they made it illegal to shoot actual birds for practice doesn't mean there weren't clay pigeons around too. I just think he was excited about it. I think he's also very good at it.
1: Then, yes, then... I wanted to know what a clay pigeon tosser would cost today. One of the catapults? So I looked at one. Yes. How much do you think the do-all outdoors Raven automatic clay pigeon skeet thrower on wheels? It has a 50
0: clay capacity. So this is like um, uh, like a, a batting machine. Yes. So you don't even have to like pull it back. You just press a button.
1: You have a foot switch so you can do it yourself. It really
0: replaces
1: the the servant. I'm
0: gonna guess it's about two grand.
1: Nope. Three hundred and eighty-one
0: dollars. Oh, that's cheap.
1: I was like, I wonder what else I could put in there and throw at the neighbors. Donuts. Donuts.
0: Bagels. Yes. Anything. Do- anything the round dog would go after.
1: Yeah. Then Oh, we could put bagels in that. And they would fit right. <laughs>
0: That doesn't make any sense if you don't see the hand motion you were just doing. Can you imagine the hand motion people are imagining when you went... No. What's he doing no. with those bagels, people? No, I want to throw bagels in the backyard. <laughs> well, she's dead. Yes. With a big curvy knife in her chest and her little high-heeled slippers off her feet. I love... How
1: Poirot, in all of these episodes, instantly switches. He instantly...
0: uh, He goes uh, from being jovial vacation Poirot to business He's on the case right away. Yeah. Puts his nose right in there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Finds the beads. Like sniffing the knife. And I'm going to say
1: he knew at that point in time that it was most likely Colonel Clapperton. And he started forming conclusions at that moment. Now in the story, it's like, oh, they find the body. It's Colonel Clapperton. Yeah. Like it's so fast in the story.
0: Well, his brain immediately says who could have done it, who had access. Yeah. Right. Means, motive, opportunity. Yeah. And really the only person on the ship with a motive. Was General Red Herring. Is Clapperton Because General Forbes... Kind of loves her, so he wouldn't have done it. Okay. So it's either a stranger. I want to talk or about. This. It's her husband. I want to talk about this. What? So why the man who knew her when she was a little girl then had the hots for her? Yes. Yeah. He was ADC to her father. That's aide de camp. Yes, and then he says he was in love with her. Yeah, even though he's known her since she was seven. Yeah. Ew. Creepy.
1: Creepy. Not as creepy or stupid as the doctor, though. Oh, she's
0: dead. See, he's not a doctor, though. That's Bates. Yeah. He's just like the purser or something. I'm impressed that he can narrow down her time of death to a window of three or four hours when all he has is. He has first aid training. That's it. He totally guesses. She was killed. With a knife. <laughs> Poirot needs to be more incredulous than that scene. Did you recognize Bates though? No. He's played by Jack Chiswick. Okay. And he was in A Tale of Two Hamlets, A Midsummer. Oh. Of course, Skinner was in A Midsummer too. Yeah. That's Colin Higgins. He was in Painted in Blood. Yes. Mrs. Tolliver was in A Midsummer. She was in Blue Herring's. Yes. Mr. Tolliver was in A Midsummer: Death in Disguise. Miss Henderson was in A Midsummer: The Black Book, and Colonel Clapperton was in Bad Tidings.
1: Yes, he was in Bad Tidings. I know that. It's like Sandman, the new Netflix show. There's like a whole bunch of Midsummer, Midsummer, actors Midsummer, are in there.
0: <laughs> Midsummer. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, Sheila Allen, who plays Mrs. Clapperton, she of the knife in the chest. Yeah, she was in Children of the Damned.
1: Oh, she was. Yes. So okay. That's the, so Children of the Damned. That's the Cuckoo m- movie, right? Is the, the so this movie is very interesting. It is the movie version. Of The Midwich Cuckoos Mm -hmm. by...
0: Somebody's screaming it right now. He
1: also wrote Day of the Triffids. John Wyndham.
0: Nice. Good job.
1: So John Wyndham wrote this book. It's about the village of the damned. It's hard to find. I've seen it on the big screen. I saw it at a film festival in Ottawa. It's fantastic. But... The reason we wanted to see it was Kim Clark Chapman, who was a VJ on Much Music in Canada when it very, very early VJ when it started, plays four of the children in
0: that movie.
1: (laughs) Well, they are identical. Two girls. (laughs)
0: He plays two girls and two boys. Is Clint Clark, Clark two, Jackman a man or a woman? He's a man. Okay. And well, they just put wigs on him, so. yeah.
1: And like that, so that movie is like the center of the universe almost.
0: Okay. And it's a great book. It's there, a great movie. There are movie. two people in yeah, it, well, yeah. a VJ and Mrs. Yes, Clapperton. Yes, yes. I don't know about center of the universe. It's two people. I'll give it It's to a you. good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who she plays. Not one of the children. No. <laughs> She's a little old for that.
1: It's a really interesting plot. Essentially what happens is an
0: asteroid goes
1: over a town and all the women, everyone passes out and then all the women become pregnant.
0: Yeah, and they have identical babies who have psychic powers and are evil. Ish. Ish.
1: Village of the Damned. Remade with uh, Christopher Reeves in his last movie before his accident.
0: Hastings sees Skinner, creepy Skinner. Yes. Sneak off the boat and follows him. Yes. Even though his pants are in his armpits. (laughs) I was like, wow, Hastings looks really good in that that burgundy shirt. That's really jaunty. And then when you see him in the market, you realize he has on white pants that stop at his nipples. Yeah. Hastings, your pants are really high. Did you notice the prostitutes, the sex workers? Yes. Did you notice what they were wearing? No. They have plastic fruit on their heads. (laughs) Plastic One of them does at least. Yeah. They're grapes on the side of her head. (laughs) They're like... Hey, big boy. Okay. You want a
1: grape? Skinner completely <laughs> knows. Like he steals these things from a dead woman. Yeah. Why is he trying to fence this
0: material now? Yeah, he could have kept it he until could their have next kept stop. It until their next stop. Maybe he's afraid they that the police were going to find it. If then he
1: should have thrown it away.
0: You can't get money for something you throw away. He just takes an unbelievable. He could have risk. hidden it on the boat. Yeah. He's clearly a dummy. Yeah. He's like, ah, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Like, well, now you're in an Egyptian jail. There's not many worse places you could be, dude. The
1: Egyptian police have to be involved now. Why are you so upset about Skinner while he has selling the jewelry? Whose jewelry? The dead woman's jewelry. The dead woman's jewelry.
0: No, uh, we said bed woman. (laughs) She's a lady who likes to be in bed. Let's go. (laughs) But Hastings is brave. He's like, oh, no, you don't. Citizens arrest, arm wrestle
1: Skinner. Meanwhile, Poirot... Comes the caring girls. Oh, kitty,
0: whatever. Get over it, kitty. And then he goes and borrows something. A life-size wooden mannequin? Yes. No. <laughs> in the short story, he does his little deal with a life-size wooden mannequin. He does. He does that. Where in the hell does he find that? And how does he know how but, to use a mannequin? But in this... <laughs> He uses a little lady. Is Minnie's My dolls. favorite phrase, the little lady. She's in the suit. He's so theatrical. He's like, oh, it's a suitcase. Suitcases are so boring. But not this one. No, no. Because she's a little lady. Because
1: he loves to perform. He does. He loves does. this. He does. He's having this fun. This is Poirot. And what I love is they completely think he is nuts.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, even Clapperton is like, Oh, we're in for a show now. What's this? Well,
1: he's obviously told... He's told the captain. Told the captain. I bet you he's told Hastings. Yeah. Because if not, Hastings would be going, what are you doing, Poirot?
0: Oh, this is fun. He does this at home too. This is great. (laughs) Wait till you see what he does with that doll. It's really cool. The, The fact that... He in the story has this big mannequin. Just doesn't work for me. The no. doll works. The doll works. But Poirot's not big to begin with. No. So <laughs> he's got a big old mannequin with him, a big puppet. <laughs> well,
1: more than just Hastings, who's like a big old mannequin most of the time. <laughs> or
0: if he went on to the into the market and found a ventriloquist dummy and bought it and brought it back, like that's <laughs> with even weirder. A fez on. It. It'd be like a mechanical Turk or something. <laughs> like, hello, I am a mannequin doll. I will speak. What I love, yes, is that though the short story is very short, it's very descriptive about this particular scene. Yes, obviously. It is.
1: Obviously, the whole she thought of this scene
0: and then put a story and then behind put it. Put a story around it. In the short story, the when they describe. The way he talks to the doll, and this is a quote: "It's no longer foreign, meaning his voice. It had instead a confident English and slightly Cockney inflection." <laughs> and this is not the doll. Speaking. No, no, this, this is, is Poirot. Him speaking yeah. to the doll, which because he's trying to be like a vaudevillian, a showman. Yeah. Which the more I thought about it, I mean, <laughs> Poirot doing a Cockney accent.
1: So you have the bad French on top of the Cockney. <laughs>
0: Oi, Dolly, have a natter with me, will ya? Do you know who iron girded the old bag and made her brown bread? Huh? Do ya? I just can't imagine Poirot doing that. No. (laughs) How's the weaver in the suitcase? (laughs) Eh? Dolly? Little lady. Little lady. (laughs) Who gave the old hag the drum and fife, eh? (laughs) That's Cockney rhyming slang for knife, by the way. Iron girder is murder and brown bread is dead. (laughs) I know way too much Cockney rhyming slang Probably more than Cockney people do (laughs) Who think it's old and lame now But me, I'm an American So I think it's cool (laughs) In the short story, Poirot knows that Clapperton has digitoxin Yes Which is heart medication Why he doesn't use that to kill her? So he does this whole mannequin thing Because he knows it will give Clapperton a heart attack If he's guilty He kills him
1: Kills Clapperton and his girly calls him out on
0: it. Yeah. So they keep the Miss Henderson calling him out. Yes. They keep that in the TV version. Which but makes they get her rid look of, like she's way overreacting. Yeah, it was very cruel of him to do that to him. Nah. No. He needed him to freak out. Yeah. So they knew. I mean, it was basically a confession, right? Yes. and I
1: don't approve of murder, yet you just Did In the short story. Yeah, yeah. in the short story.
0: Um, But yeah, clearly Hastings and the captain and Bates know exactly what's going on because they're ready to like grab him. Yeah. I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you, Poirot. You know, (laughs) take him off. If it wasn't for Poirot and your little doll. And your gray cells. Ah. He
1: feels his slavery. No, she was
0: horrific. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, I'm not saying she should be murdered, but he could have gotten revenge on her
0: in a myriad of ways. He could have pushed her over the side. Could, let the, could the sharks have, get her. Could have... <laughs> <laughs> no, no sharks! <laughs> glug, glug, glug. So there's two two things in this episode. Look at
1: me with your dolls.
0: Oi, <laughs> <laughs> dolly, eat that lady. Oi, little lady! <laughs> There's two scenes in this episode that I don't understand. Okay. That I'm hoping that our viewers, our listeners, will be able to help with. Okay. And I'm going to give you some timestamps because they're very specific things. Okay. At 3810. Okay. Hastings and Poirot are in the market and they turn down an alley and there's a rug seller there. Yes. And as soon as they walk past him, he turns around and screams at their backs. Yes. Yes. And I don't know why. I
1: don't understand that
0: either. I watched it several times. <laughs> I don't know what they did. He's either screaming at their backs or screaming at a donkey. No,
1: either way. It's weird.
0: getting screamed at. But weirder is another thing. It's at 40 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay. And there is a moonlit scene of the boat at the dock in the harbor that I swear is illustrated.
1: I saw that. It's weird. It the looks, lighting or something.
0: It looks almost like it's made out of construction paper.
1: Yeah, it looks very it's strange. It's really weird. I'm just pleased that after the lady died, they put up the
0: festive lights on the boat. <laughs> well, let's celebrate. The old hag is gone.
1: let's have a night of entertainment.
0: My hospital.
1: (laughs) Poirot should have had her as the the dummy.
0: Oh, gosh. No, what I imagined is, what if Poirot did the denouement for all of his cases with a doll? You know, like, oh, no, here comes the Belgian. (gasps) He has the doll. He knows who did it.
1: Poirot, the ventriloquist.
0: And a private investigator. Yes. Hello, darling. Who do you think zid z- z- cry?
1: Thirty-two
0: times no. no. <laughs> well, Monsieur Poirot, I think it was that guy. Or white slavers. <laughs> it was white slavers. <laughs> or, you know, if he forgets the doll at home, pastings can always <laughs> yes, play the part. Exactly. <laughs> can you imagine? Hastings <laughs> sitting on Poro's lap. <laughs> dressed as a doll with the ringlets and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Brr. Brr. Matrimony. That's why we'll get married. I wouldn't get to sit in Poro's lap anymore if I was married. Oh my gosh. Wow. We don't have to do best corpse. There's only one. And it's yeah. definitely the one who needs to be dead. Uh, yes. With her beautiful shoes on in bed. Her slippers. Yep. High-held slippers never made any sense to me. Anyway, after the credits. Well. Is he, Kitty scarred for life or is she going to get over it? Did do they, do they take him home and charge him? Like No, I think the Egyptian police are going to take him.
1: Like, I hope so. They're
0: going to say... He did it. He just confessed because he said, yes, that's all he says. (laughs) That's a confession. Yeah. So he's going to be locked up with Skinner. I think he's getting the death penalty if it's in Egypt. It is. And that's one of the theories about why he did the whole thing with the heart attack is that that was better than the death penalty in Egypt. Uh, Okay. That was more merciful to let him die of a heart attack. First of all, everybody on this boat has an awesome story. And then he pulled out a (laughs) dome. Yeah. Nobody will believe him. Oh, no. Poirot would never do that with a doll. Little lady. The little lady. She has a story to tell. Oh, but she is shy. <laughs> it's
1: so weird. You cannot
0: look at her while she talks. It's creepy. I wonder how old that kid is now. So this is 89. Uh, she didn't act anymore. I know that. So 89. She's Let's say she's 10. Yeah, she's probably 10. Her name was Louisa Janes.
1: So she would be 20... 20- 30, almost 40 years old. My age? Yeah. Wow. And almost everybody else is probably dead. <laughs> wow. Like, like all the That's old people. happy. I guess. You're so cheery. Well, Suchet's not dead, and none of the, the principals are dead.
0: <laughs> do you want some horrible <laughs> movies?
1: Yes. Oh, boy, do I
0: have good ones. Uh-oh. This movie is terrible. Ha, I bet Mark's seen it. I'm scared here. Speaking of 80s music, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. I think it's 90,
1: isn't it? Yes, 89. I have two! Two horrible movies. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, this is where Sarah finds bad movies in which these individuals are in.
0: Poor decisions the actors have made earlier in their career and agreed to be in a film that they probably regret. But Mark... Has probably seen and enjoyed. Because yes. he likes that kind of movie. I do. Are you ready? Yep. This first one is 1974. Okay. And uh, the man who plays the captain on the ship, his name is Ben Aris, the actor. Okay. Uh, is in this film, okay. and here is the description. In order to revive his long hibernating bride, Vampira, Count Dracula takes blood samples from several beautiful models, but during the transfusion, Vampira's race turns from white to black.
1: Okay. so Dracula
0: this, accidentally turns his wife black.
1: This is not a Hammer film. Who is Who plays Dracula?
0: Why do I have to tell you that? Okay. If th- I'm going to tell I you think, that, you have to say you don't know what it is. I
1: think this is called like ancient Dracula. I'll give
0: it to you. Because it's called Old Dracula. Old Dracula, It came out right after Young Frankenstein. Yeah, And they said, if you like Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein, you'll you'll love love Old Dracula. Dracula. Yes. David Niven plays Dracula. David Niven, that's right. That's one for you. I'll give it to you. Ancient Dracula is pretty close to Old Dracula. Yeah, I definitely saw that movie. But you may never get in the second one. 1975, John Normington, who plays Colonel Clapperton, is in this movie. Okay. In a corporate-controlled future. An ultra-violent sport known as blank represents the world. And one of its most powerful athletes is out to defy those who want him out of the game.
1: Okay, so this movie, I remember seeing the commercials for this movie and wanting to see it at the theater. I was a little young at six to see this movie. Mm-hmm. It stars James Caan mm-hmm. and it is entitled Rollerball.
0: Oh, you got it! Yes,
1: indeed. I got that. I am impressed. I've seen that maybe 10 times. Oh my gosh, it
0: looks so stupid. It is
1: roller skating, roller
0: derby. It's roller derby for death. With death. (laughs) It's like roller derby to survive. It's
1: part of those 70s movies that Americans made where they took sports, put them in uh, post-apocalyptic settings. Like Like Running Man. Like Death Race 2000 and... All that stuff.
0: Wow. I can't believe you know other movies too that are so bad.
1: Rollerball. Frank Frazetta did the poster for that movie. It's got like a hand in front of James Caan's face. It's a painted poster.
0: Is this like right? It's right around Tron too, isn't it? No, no, no. Tron's 80. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember wow, seeing. Wow,
0: two for two. I, today. I remember Good seeing job. the.
1: the ads on television for that and wanting to see it. It looked so cool. It looked edgy and sort of like like it wanted to be Blade Runner but it was not Blade. Oh Runner. gosh,
0: no, cuz no, no. it's on roller skates. <laughs> it's on It's roller- like Death Xanadu. I yeah. mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, second Xanadu reference this week. Well, R.I.P. Olivia Newton-John. Oh, that's such a weird movie. Good job. Yes,
1: yeah. Old I'm, Dracula and roller ball, Rollerball. I've which seen. is
0: now just a kind of pen, by the way. My yes. One of my favorite pens is a Rollerball. Now I'm going to look at it and go, roller James Conn, Rollerball.
1: It's It's... I'm not going to say it's a good movie. <laughs> okay. But you still liked it. But I I watched it a couple of times. If you've times.
0: seen it 10 times, you liked it's, it.
1: It's far more about, as the thing says, it's far more about corporate culture. It's
0: 1984 on roller
1: skates, right? No, because it's not big government. It's big company. Oh, okay. Okay. Big corporation. It's big corporation. And it's all like film. There are parts of it filmed in New York in the 70s. So it looks Apocalyptic. Yeah, but also futuristic. It has like a two thousand one vibe to it. At some point,
0: wow, you know way too much about that horrible movie. Yep,
1: I do. I do indeed. That
0: is problem at C, which is our last Poirot episode from season one. Of, from in this season, in one this group, in this group, the next episode we're going to do,
1: which it releases on the fifth of September, mm-hmm. will be our. Our reviews and
0: a We're going to do the best and worst Poirot movie adaptation. So this is everything
1: but Suchet.
0: Right. Okay. That were released as, as movies or TV movies. Yep.
1: Everything Who's the but worst?
0: Suchet. Who's the best? From the beginning to. We're going to rank them. We're yep. going to ask you to rank them. Yeah. We'll yep. compare. Tony Randall's the worst So. By the way. How you rank them, (laughs) we'll get to Tony Randall. Oh my gosh, he's the worst. Sweet Jesus, we'll get
1: to Tony Randall. He should not have ever been allowed to go to England after that
0: movie. No, they should have banned him.
1: Anyway, (laughs) we we lasted five minutes in that movie. I think we should probably watch a little more of it. It's going to be worse. I know. know.
0: Anyhow, we're going to rank them.
1: We're going to rank them. And you can contribute to this Mm because we're going to have your rankings too. And- this is gonna go up probably when this episode is released. So you'll you'll yep. have a week.
0: So you look on Instagram and oh. Facebook for the polls? Where what? should they look?
1: Oh Facebook, Instagram, and the mailing list. Okay. If you join the mailing list, you'll get it sent right to your mailbox. Okay. Okay. If not, look at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.
0: But do participate we'll, in the poll and we'll compare the way you rank them to the way we rank them.
1: Yes, absolutely. So then After that, September 12th, a week later, we will be having Father Brown start. So this is the modern Father Brown, Mm -hmm. Father Brown Volume 2, not the old-timey in-video Father Brown, which is great and weird and strange in its own way, but this is uh, the first episode. Season one, episode episode one. one. Which is Hammer of God, which is a C.K. Chesterton story. Yep. And really sets the tone for the whole show. Yep. It does it very well. That's where we're gonna start. That that'll be September twelfth, and then we'll do two more episodes from Father Brown and then I think we'll do we might do the old Father Brown talk about it. Cause it's lovely. It's just different. But weird.
0: Yes. So so be on the lookout for the poll and all that good stuff. We're, and an announcement uh, Mystery about Maniacs new swag.
1: On Facebook, Instagram mm-hmm. Twitter, all that good stuff. And email, follow us, like, subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe and hit the bell. It's free. Gotta stay up with the current trends Is on that what YouTube. convinces people? Yep. It's free. Um, and thank you again for listening. It's so nice to see that we've made this transition seamlessly into Oi. Mystery Maniacs.
0: Dolly, have a natter with me. It's Poirot.
1: Bye maniacs. Bye
0: maniacs. Who's brown bread?
1: We probably have about another 35 minutes to go.
0: I was about to say something really funny and-
1: I'm sorry. Oh,
0: I know.